Welcome to the Unashamed Podcast with Phil Robertson. Of course, Al, Jace uh, are also along for the ride. Um, today we've got uh, we kind of jump back into to Genesis and uh, you know pick up sort of where we left off with the creation. Uh, of course, we had to talk a little bit about our return to the Trump Hotel uh, because that's where we stay when we go to New York. And uh, Jace has uh, some interesting uh, past and then also now some present uh, to tell you about, which is really funny. And to show how the hotel upgrade has happened to the Robertson family. It's been quite the journey. So I uh, hope you enjoy today's podcast. Some good stuff in there. You got you some goodies there. Yep. Tack Pack is the premier monthly subscription box for military, tactical, and Second Amendment enthusiasts. I think you qualify. You bet you. For just forty nine ninety five a month, they ship you at least $100 worth of gear from companies like 511, Hexmag, Mission First Tactical, Armaspec, and America Grip, to name a few. They ship out AR-15 parts, EDC tools, knives, cleaning kits, and a mix of other tactical gear and apparel direct to you. Good coffee mug, too. Yep. Look, it can fall off in, in your boat, and it would still keep your coffee in the container. Stainless steel, so you're not going to tear it up. Not going to break, that's for sure. Sign up today to get the June Tack Pack, which is worth $115 and comes with U.S.-made AR-15 parts, two goodies from Breakthrough Clean Technologies, and what is guaranteed to be your new favorite pocket knife and more. So how many pocket knives do you own, Phil? Hey, I can always use another one. Okay. Go to TACPAC.com, and when you see the promo code PHIL, P-H-I-L, at checkout, they'll ship separately. A SOG multi-tool worth $50, absolutely free. So if you're into tactical gear from the best companies for half the price, TACPAC is for you. Go to TACPAC.com and get the June pack today. Don't forget to use the offer code PHIL to get your free SOG multi-tool TACPAC.com, TACPAC.com. Lots of stuff for people who have weapons. Lots of stuff. What he said. I like it. I am unashamed. What about you? So we're back uh, on the river uh, with the Unashamed podcast. A long way from New York. A long way from New York. All right, this is a funny story I'm going to tell you. You realize that when we go back to New York, do all the shows to promote our podcast here, that was the first time I'd actually been back to the Trump Hotel since I was escorted out. When was that? I'm terrible at time. Five, uh, six years ago? Yeah, back in 14. You know, they thought I was a vagrant, homeless and so even though the Trumps made it right, and I, that's how I actually got to have a relationship with them, I had never been back to that specific hotel. So when I walked in, the people working there formed a little line, and they were like, welcome back, Jace. They said it like one, two, three. I mean, it wasn't. <laughs> like, the, like the Academy of Awards, and you, you're coming well, back in. <laughs> they knew I was coming back. Well, I, you know, I don't know who told them. I mean, I guess. Somebody made a decision from there in. Oh, this is the guy we escorted out a few years ago. <laughs> so look, the whole two days that we were there, every time I walked in, they would say my first name. Welcome home, Jace. 
And you, I had you a, went from a vagrant yeah. to a celebrity. I think they were being funny about it. We, we were all laughing because they had a little smirk on their face when they did it. And so I thought, well, this is now that, these trumps, I tell you. <laughs> I just thought it was very professional. You well, know? you know, and the guys, though, the bellhops and the doorman, and I mean, it's been the same guys that have been there the whole time. We've been doing this for like six years. That's where we like to stay. And so, I mean, I know them now. And they're like, oh, welcome back. We're glad well, you I hadn't been back there. I mean, you haven't, but yeah, we have. Because yeah. we've done If you're stuff. a somewhat famous person, I'll put you in that category. And you go to a prestigious hotel and they escort you out of the building for being what they thought was a vagrant. Or a threat. Or a threat. Yeah. And it's just not good for business and i think donald trump is more than smart enough to spot that <laughs> yeah. so somewhere word came down from the top no but i, I love jace's like, line on one of the shows don't run this bunch out of there they're gonna look a little rough one look. of the shows that jace did he said but you know, millionaires. i knew that trump was serious about immigration i just saw how he ran his hotel i mean oh, yeah. yeah he's well, about I, security i believe that you know when he says i'm gonna build the wall he's building the wall for the same reason that I was in that hotel for 12 seconds and somebody was getting me the heck out of there. <laughs> this guy doesn't belong here. It was a safety issue. That's yeah. right. So I, I kind of like that. Yeah. That That's why that whole thing got started because I thought that made me feel good about that. My wife loved it, of course, for a lot of reasons. But she was like, well, you needed some humility. But she, she said, I've never felt safer. I mean, you wasn't in here a minute. They were getting you out of here. I like staying at a place like that. Well, plus you got to get into the Robertson mind too. Let's let's be honest. One of the reasons Dad loves staying at the Trump is because they have a bone-in ribeye there. Oh it's, it says for two. It well, it is for two. <laughs> but I hate that whole thing. What is it? Is it and like the, thirty-five the, the, ounces? I don't yeah. know. But the Asian guy who brought that in there, you know. Not only did he bring this, I mean, a fine cut of beef cooked perfectly. Yes. He brought it in there. He bowed before me, <laughs> and then he walked out the door, and I thought, no, we. And I taste, I waited till I tasted that first bite. I said, we've hit the jackpot here. Oh, I, it's when a I big time it, living here. When I saw it, I thought, whoa. And I took my fork. Didn't need the knife. And I thought, yeah. Because it said they had aged it for like 30 days. Say what you will about Donald Trump, but I, I just went to his hotel and I said, whoever owns this outfit, oh, they, they, they've got this thing going. Because I've, I've, I've gone to various hotels from Motel 6 to people, yeah, yeah, <laughs> fighting next door. But I rolled up in there and I said, boy, this is fine living here. So well, it made me think anybody about can run a hotel like that, elect him. So, so here's what I was thinking, Dad. So you think about the years you go back. So, you know, 30 years ago, we go on a hunting trip to film for videos for Duck Commander. And so versus now, we're at the Ooh. Trump eating the thing. Remember, what was the story? The oh, time? I know that story. I was thinking of that story. We're in Idaho. I mean, because you just, we're hunting every day. Man, we would we used to do that all the time when we hunted or uh, made our videos. And so we just go on a road trip for a week. You know, of course, Phil, you know, he hadn't bathed. He had, it's just, you're talking about rough. <laughs> and so you would just basically find a cot anywhere. Yeah. And we, we found some dive of a, you know, I don't think it was a hotel. It was a motel. Oh, yeah. You know, it was just one floor. 
So we take all our guns out, you know, because you don't want anybody to steal your stuff out of the truck. And the way this thing was set up, it was like a series of rooms, and Phil was in the front room right by the door. Yep. And it's like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. That's and, correct. And you hear that doorknob start turning. Yeah, turning. I, I, hear, and, I hear someone outside messing with the door. And, yeah. I, and I thought, well, we had brought our guns inside so that they wouldn't steal our guns out, out of our vehicle, rig on yeah. the outside. So, yeah. so I'm in a position where the door... You were the leading edge. Yeah, it, it, I, when a, you I'm opened a, the door, the bed was it was weird because it wasn't a normal motel. Right. That's right. When they opened the door, it's just a bed, and here's Phil in his tidy whities and he had grabbed his gun and laid it across his lap. I just, just knew he, they weren't he, supposed to be there. He sat up like an Indian, you know. What I mean, just like in that position, the Indian position with his Legs gun crossed. in his lap. Yeah. yeah. And tight, a loaded tidy, gun. tidy whities <laughs> the guy opens the door and immediately raises his hands well he 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 opened the door opened toward me and the guy stepped through very nimbly and when he come right past the door i've got this i was going to do a hip <laughs> shot I, I just i had i had enough bullets here to do some serious damage and i had the gun lowered on his frame well when he come he and he looks to the left and there I'm sitting there, you know, with my underwear. Do you remember what you said? You said two words. No, he, what, what, what he said was, he looked at me, he spoke first, and he said, wrong room. <laughs> I, and I nodded, that is correct. I <laughs> didn't say said, a word. I think you said wrong room. I, he said wrong room. And you I went, just nodded. I just nodded. You are correct, sir. And so, look, he, he backs out with his hand still up. I didn't say get your hands up. When he said wrong room, look, his hands come up like I yeah. said, get your hands up. But I never spoke. Well, I just I said. I, I was watching it by then. I, I watched the, you know, the aftermath. Look, that guy had his hands up and he was walking across the parking lot with his hands still <laughs> He up. looked back <laughs> and I was standing in the door now, still from the hip. You know, bird shot, duck shot is pretty rough. So he looks back at me and his hands are kind of like this, but he looks back and he went, they got higher the further he went. <laughs> so I think it was a combination of the beard, the gun, and just feels the like, underwear. You know, yeah. yeah. And, and he's like, hey, <laughs> of all the places to try to break into for mischief. Well, you talk which about is a living, bad turn. Which is living proof that a lot of times if you have a robber or a burglar intent on causing stealing your stuff, and many times you actually don't have to say a word. You can just sit there, let him do the talking, but and they'll leave with their hands held high. So if oh, you're well, armed, I, <laughs> he was about helps. what he didn't realize that he might have. He was about this close to dying. Yeah. So look, I mean, the last trip I went on, when I was in a vehicle. Out. I fooled around and was you know running low on gas. It was like one one o'clock in the morning, so I stopped. Well, it's just me. There's nobody at the gas station. You know, it wasn't even open. I was just getting the gas. And I looked up, and here comes a fellow walking across the street, and he's wa walking toward me. So I calmly opened the back door. I got a basically a sawed-off shotgun that will hold 10 rounds, and I just grabbed the end of it. I'm just watching him come. But when he saw me do that, he put his hands up. He said, Duck Dynasty fan. <laughs> I said, 
Okay, come on. I mean, he knew what was fixed to happen. He's like, he saw that door open. I put my hand down, and I'm looking at him like, now, how, what are we going to do here? Which I wasn't going to pull it on him until I had assessed that there's a danger. But It's not paranoia. It's just preparedness. That's right. Hey, if you it's one, if it's one o'clock in the morning and you're by yourself, and here comes a guy walking down the street towards you, that's called being smart. But or somebody is jimmying your door, you know it's locked. Well, Phil, that was obvious. He doesn't have a key, <laughs> and he's coming in. I'm like, bad move on whoever that is. But here's but, what I love about our fans: like this guy, he wasn't offended by the. Oh, he, he wasn't he totally expected. At all. It. Yeah. He realized that you know. Most of the stuff going on between midnight and five in the morning is not good. That's right. And I'm getting gas. I'm in a vulnerable situation. But now I'm armed. I have my Bible and I have a weapon. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to go either way. Well, that was Dad or, Dad or Si. One of them's famous line on the Today Show was that uh, you know we'd rather have a Bible study, but if a gunfight breaks out, we're ready either way. You know, it the, happens. The Bible calls itself a sword. Mm-hmm. You know, an instrument of the Almighty to to Mm-hmm. to cut to the heart it's called a sword for a reason mm-hmm. because you know it's spiritual warfare so uh anyway so it's good uh, to be back home it's, it's good I'm to be saying. back home that's exactly right and we have made some major strides in um, hotel uh accommodations from the old days to today yeah, you're I not think, gonna have I any, you're I, not having my jimmy the lot at the trunk it came full circle we've and, come a long uh, way we're all friends we're friends again that's so. exactly right <clears throat> which is nice um, so we've been uh, talking about, uh, we just decided to start at the beginning, uh, and, and we talked uh, last time about Genesis 1, sort of the idea uh, of creation, and especially compared to kind of what the world puts forth. Um, Dad talked about, you know, the idea of chance, and, you know, we talked a lot about. Well, the, you got to ask yourself, how did we get here? It's a question every human being at some point in his life. It runs across his mind. Right. And it, it How is, did I get here? Isn't it interesting, Jase, that God and his wisdom of the Bible, and we talked about Moses being the one that wrote this, uh, you know, the first five books of the Bible, that he starts with the fundamental question with the Bible itself. Where do we come from? Yeah. Because that's what people are going to always ask. And it doesn't matter if you're it, about your education level any time throughout history, whether you live out in a teepee in the middle of a field. Well, the the acknowledgement of how you got here will affect how you live your life. If you two, think we came from seaweed, well, yep. you're just pretty much. Two schools of thought have emerged. One is the supernatural. That's a belief uh, that some supernatural uh, or divine force controls nature and the universe. We're in that camp. And my thinking is, uh, I love the atheist of the world and the agnostics. I, I don't hate them at all. I believe that there's some force who controls the universe. Now we as know in, we have law. As in created it. Being right. cre- created it. And so I believe that. You say, if I'm mistaken, I'm going into a hole in the ground. So are all the atheists along with me. They're going into the holes in the ground. We'll all physically die. The The problems introduced in Genesis is sin and physical death. Both of them came with the fall of man. Any way you slice it, even an atheist would have to say, 
You know, some think they may be calling it sinful. I don't well, use the evil. word sin, yeah. but, but, but is it right for burglars to come in like we talked about in the motel, steal your stuff and leave? Was it a good thing or a bad thing? I said, that's a bad thing. He broke in and stole stuff. I they, think they, everyone acknowledges good and evil. You yeah. think about even in Hollywood, the, think of the amount of movies that are centered around the battle of good and evil. That's right. Yeah. So you have one group who believes in God. Naturalism is the theory that uh, uh, between good and evil uh, can be reduced to non-normative or factual terms and statements according to psychology and biology. You can answer these questions about good and evil, right and wrong, hatred and love, uh, patience and impatience, or war and peace. <laughs> you can answer all those questions through human means, biology, and whatever. Yeah. So all I'm saying to all the atheists of the world, that camp says it just happened somehow. We don't know what caused it, the, the cosmos. We know it's there. We think there was some kind of explosion that put it into place. We're camping out there, and we will not listen to any, any other arguments. I'm just saying... Is it possible that there is a being behind the big explosion y'all are talking about? Is it possible that in the beginning there was, there is a God who created, is it at least possible? Is it plausible? So they would have to say, well, it's possible, I guess. So I'm thinking that's where I'm standing. Right. I, I believe that someone was behind this. They'll agree to all the various laws of force, energy, light, gravity, all the laws. They'll agree with that. They're all in place. They're saying they just somehow, all the various laws of the cosmos, of, of nature, or they, so they agree that they're there, but I'm saying, well, how did they get there? So and what it, you're saying is then by this description of naturalism or natural law, Yep is a recognition that it's just nature. It just is there. And we don't really have an explanation other than we can figure it right. out with biology or psychology. They're saying now universal, even in that world, that there was a beginning. Oh yeah. Uh, that, now for a while, they're just like, well, it was just always here. Yeah. Kind of, they were static. They know there was yeah, a beginning that now they're like, okay, something happened. Now what they'll describe it is, it's pretty comical when you Google you know, they use terms like big crunches and, you know, it's like all these thing, energy and gases combine uh, something with these strings in the energy, you know, that supplied the energy that was just floating around. There's no acknowledgement for how that got here I with, think that, with their, yeah. you know, their, their rationale. There's none. It just. I would think, Al, they would have to admit that when we discuss the fall of man, the creation itself and the fall of man, I think everyone, an honest atheist at least, would say that it had ramifications to, and still has to this day sin and physical death. They're still here from my observation of the human race. Right. The The... You say, well, why do we feel guilty when we do this 
particular act or that. You say, where'd that guilt come from? I mean, we have a conscience that seems to be saying, you know when you did right, you know when you do wrong. There's an awareness of that. I think they would have to admit all we're saying is any way you want to slice it, what happened in the Genesis account, the fall of man, sin is introduced and physical death with it. Remember, don't eat of that or you will surely die. All right, before we get but, there, let's let's back up. So you're right. What happens is we, humanity, human beings, are really the dividing line because we can talk a lot about everything that's here, what we see, what we observe. But in the creation process that we talked about before, we get down to God creating humanity, creating a man, and then out of the man, the woman. And so that's where it really then becomes the the litmus test because you know, obviously the other side believes in the theory, by the way, of evolution, which says that it came out of the animal world, which there's still a problem of how did it get here and all that. But just, just think about that, that basically animals evolved to us. We're sitting here um, doing a podcast, critical thinking, you know, I mean, and looking at, at this thing to say that however far you'd have to go back, we were swimming or amphibious or whatever, wherever, you know, the, whatever the latest theory Which group is. of animals that we, that we supposedly came from, which group of animals handed down to us the knowledge of good and evil punishment, yeah. uh, even an awareness of a God, which animal group did we inherit that from? Because you would think there would be some animal groups just below us that we evolved from that would just be right the, there. Would have the, but you got warm blooded <laughs> mammals. They don't seem to have a consciousness of God and of right and wrong. Right. And then why, it is it, why is it just us? Right. Why did it stop happening? How come yeah. you don't see? Cause they're like, well, cause we're just in this small window. But if that process happened, you would still be seeing the process every once in a while. That's right. You know, well, their claim is that you just don't live long enough to see it. So you watch these sci-fi shows, and eventually, in another you know million years or whatever, yeah. we'll be able to do. You know, we've got we can we're pure energy and we're this and we're that. You know, it's it's everything is about this. It's just enough time. You just need more time. Just you're not you're only looking at this over the course of your one life. That's why you can't. I think grasp the it. Problem is, is someone starts reading the Bible, and they're like. It seems like a story right. like that somebody made up, especially when you get to the talking snake. Oh, you have a, wait a mm -hmm. minute here. We have a snake. They're in a garden. There's a guy. Yeah. You know what? I'm out on that. I, I think it's just that, that people, you know, humans tend to be on a wavelength that they're smarter and, and you know, intellect will win the day. That's why, you know, at universities, it seems to be that they're, for the most part, when you make, against the concept of God being in control because that's too simplistic. And you make a good point that a lot of times people say, well, if I can find one thing that seems like an exception to everything else that makes sense, therefore it debunks the whole thing. And yeah. so the people think that way all it's the like time. like knowing the art, you know, I mean, right. what? You built a boat. <clears throat> I mean, you saw what Hollywood did with that. They couldn't even follow the same story. I mean, I thought it was a pretty good movie anyway. It was interesting. But... They couldn't follow the real story because it's too absurd. 
for for them. They're like this. It just can't be. But to me, it's just as not just as it's way more absurd to say that we got all our intellect, all our decision making properties, good and evil, from the animal world. Survival of the fittest. That that, that that's what you're going with. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter we're eating our ancestors it just doesn't plus the animals plenty of them can run faster than all of us they can see better have much better eyesight are far more stronger than all of us how in the world do we get shortchanged because we've got animals that'll leave us in the dust we can't run near as fast or jump near as high and we'll eat you and we'll eat you. you while they're at it and you're like well, look like we got a bad deal from yeah. from whatever group we came from because they are running us out, jumping us. <laughs> I mean, that's a good point. So we yeah. ought to be faster than the animal world if if if, it, if it breeds a higher order as you go. We ought to be able to outrun a cheetah. That's right. But we can't. No. We can't. But they're saying one day you'll be able to. So <clears throat> here's what the Bible says about our genesis, our creation, <clears throat> in one twenty eight. Um, he says, let us make man in our image. And we talked about that before, how God is, uh, is triune in nature three, you know, the father, the son, the Holy spirit you see throughout the Bible. So there's these three distinct, you know, aspects of God. And so he makes us in his image. He says, think about some dude. He's lying. There is no God. As far as he knows. He's sitting he just there, made it he, up. He, Moses is sitting under a tree. Think of the intellect <laughs> it would have taken to to dream up this story, the Genesis account. Yeah. I mean, what is he, some kind of world traveling, knew about the oceans and land coming up? You talk about on some, some serious mushrooms. <laughs> this dude was either way out there and was a rambling idiot, or you say, but it seems so orderly. In yeah. the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and then there was light the first day, the second day, the third day. You're like, it was so orderly put in there. How could a guy just sat down under a tree somewhere in that time frame and dream the Genesis account up? Well, and, and to attribute it to a multifaceted God, yeah. and then us created multifaceted. We have a body, a soul, and a spirit. Yeah, There's three distinct parts of us, by the way, made in the image of God. So you're right. That's a man yeah. for the time frame he lived. That's a pretty big. Uh, and I think it didn't. You can tell from reading Genesis, the first 10 chapters, that you're not getting all the details. He's basically right. letting you know big what, what you need to know. Because you, know, you have this this weird circumstance. Is it in chapter six, I think, where it's talking about the daughters of the, men and the sons of the God sons of God and they created giants on the earth and but you know we see a little bit of that even today mm-hmm. I mean what what I'm saying is you see some huge guy well I think about Genesis 6 mm-hmm. other people they're thinking boy the seaweed process has really produced you know yeah. look at this but it's like every the bible actually answers every kind of question even down to the giants, it just doesn't go into detail. Even with the talking snake, I said it. It doesn't matter whether there was an actual snake to me talking, or if that was some kind of picture 
of what happened because what really happened, I wouldn't have the human capacity to understand. And I think here's a, here's a school of thought. It happens to be mine. I never read it anywhere, but I'm just read the Genesis account. And I see about these big people. If you could live eight, 900 years, like the Bible says they were living when they were made. Human beings were living eight, nine hundred yeah, years. Yeah, started out, and he, but he, he, he signaled when he stopped that. Yeah, and I'm saying at about four hundred, you're just uh, you, you hitting about middle age. Uh, you're four hundred yeah. years old. I would think human beings would get larger, bigger, stronger because yeah. it was the perfect. You got to remember, it was made the 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 cosmos. You say if you had a perfect Earth with the perfect amount of water, there was no rain for a while. There was a water with a mist. You say, I can see why you would find big animals. If you had animals that were living, if we're living eight, nine hundred, you say the animal world was probably outliving us. But but if you look at it, you say the animals would get bigger because they were there longer. The vegetation was far better than it is now. I don't think there were any vast areas of deserts, Sahara deserts and all that. Well, there was nothing bad. We know that. I mean, oh, in other words, right. it was called paradise. You your know, genes, are, your genetic makeup is perfect because remember when sin hit, we've been kind of going down genetically ever since. That's right. And the years are getting less and less on us. And you say, finally, we ended up by 75 or 80. But when you could go for eight, 900, I think everything would be bigger, would be more healthier. You, you just well, you got to remember to to prove Let's your see. point in Genesis two. I could be wrong there. Just a well, thought. Well, Let no, me but, just read that in yeah. Genesis six is where that happened. He said, "When men began to increase in number on the earth, and daughters were born to them, the sons of God, who knows exactly who that is, saw that the daughters of men were beautiful, and they married any of them they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with man forever, for his mortal, for he is mortal." His days will be 120. And so then later on, I think it's in Psalms, he got down to 70, which is the average still still now, now, generally, yeah. mm-hmm. which is how did he know that Yeah, but 2,000 years ago, right? And he got the average lifespan. Right? I mean, I mean, think about it. Like Google it. But now, of course, it. the difference in <clears throat> Genesis 6 where you describe we've already had the divide you know, in, in humanity, mm. you back up to Genesis two, before we get there, you see a perfect situation and Adam is created. Eve is created from him. Mm-hmm. They're told to eat anything you want in the garden. They named all the animals, named all the animals would be cool, which would be awesome. You know? So, uh, and so by the way, we still call them what they call them. Yeah. You know, a dog's still a dog. Right. <laughs> Whatever language you're in. A cat's a cat, a bird's a bird. You're like, why do we use all the it's names? Stuck. Why I mean, do we all use and you say, what, what, what they mean? call water? Well, water's still water. Well, what, let's see what the dirt come up the ground, it was called land. I'm like, what do they call it in China? They said they call it land. I think people Chinese. will try to change that though. But it is they did the same thing. Well they have Look, a chat. He cause he created you know that one frame in genesis 2 where he says he created the male and female that's that, still there that what they're trying to change that but oh big time. maybe not i mean what i'm saying is in our society they don't like what phil is pointing out so right. at some point maybe they will try to call a dog a cat <laughs> that's right because i never thought someone would try to change a female you look at a female and you say okay i got it yep. she, she's definitely not a boy but then they're like, well, wait a minute. 
you know, in her mind, she may be. So let's change it. I mean, it is, I'm telling you, you tell me that makes culture, a dog would identify as a cat. So we had to call him a cat by some of our logic that's going around. You just think you would see getting back to the point. If it was all this evolutionary process only from seaweed or spark or whatever, you would think you would see more of a mix. You know, you'd think you'd Mm -hmm. see a dog running around with a cat's head. Just, you know, uh, how could it come out so perfect? I'm just saying, if you're an atheist, you don't believe in God. Why is it you call when God separated the water from the water, the chasm in the middle was called sky? He said, it's a sky. Well, atheists, I don't believe they should use Genesis language to call the sky the sky yeah, because they're using biblical terminology. They call the sky sky. They call the moon the moon. <clears throat> two great lights. You say, yeah, there's two great lights. Well, if we call land, land, water, water, then the animal world, we call them by the names of Genesis. Well, why go to Genesis to get the names all straightened out if, in fact, it's not true? I mean, why not call it something else? What would they say? But they would say Genesis got this from somebody else. I'm telling them, don't call everything the same thing God called them unless you believe in God. Call them something else. <laughs> Make but you, up, can't, you can't call them what they their are. terminology. Make up your own stuff. Because you're, you're getting down to truth. No, the truth is a dog is still a dog. And, you know, there's no there's no cat. That, that, so you get to looking at it. You're like, y'all quit using the language of Genesis now because you don't believe in God. The sky's really not the sky. Somebody dreamed that. It's a fairy Football's tale. Football's not a football. The Bible's a fairy tale. Let's there's just, no such thing as sky and let's water. Let's get up every morning and everything everybody does, we're just going to say, no, I'm calling a football a baseball. <laughs> that's right. From now on, that's what we're calling it. So, so the setup is we got this perfect place. It's great. Adam and Eve are the first man and woman. They're the first husband and wife, by the way. We know that the DNA crowd have tracked it back. Right. They've tracked it back. We all came from the first female. Right. The we- well, the DNA was... I would I would say it was a game changer, but or life changer, however you want to do it. But it's still, you know, only Jesus can change the heart. That's why you it moved the needle. It moved the it needle. It did move the needle because now they're struggling with what to call it. For a while, they was calling this genetic code. And yep. They're like, well, we can't call it a code because what happens to code? Somebody had to write the code. There's right. it's an encoder. Yep. So now they're trying to figure out what to call it. The most complex information divulging happening in the body it you have all this information and you know they they say if you stretch it out would actually write it down and unroll it because it's all packed tight in our body yeah it would like go throughout the universe for just one person i mean you just have all this inside of you're like wait a minute how come it started off so complex and then got more simple that doesn't make sense no I mean, the, we're so complex inside our body. So the setup, is, <clears throat> the setup is they're told to, they're, ma- they're having, they're populating the earth. They're yep. having children. And we read about some in here, but I mean, there were others, obviously, because you read about them later. All of a sudden, you know, Cain has a wife. Where'd she come from? Where they were. That's ma- what I said. I think it's a general. There's a much bigger I, story. I look at this as the same way I do Revelation, which is, and it's singular Revelation, Jesus's, is it's a picture he gave you a picture, what you need to know. And there, there's obscure passages in the Bible that that cause you to view the Bible this way. 
Remember the the story? It's just a random story in like Second Corinthians thirteen. No, I think it's thirteen, twelve, eleven, where he said Paul said I knew a guy that was called up to the third heaven for fourteen years. Yeah, and I mean, what in the world is this all about? <laughs> yeah. and he said he saw things that couldn't be told, and and he just leaves it at that. But you read us read a story like that, you know, it's hard for the human brain to wrap yourself around how big God is and how he functions and how he did make all this. Cause look, basically if you could comprehend all this, he really wouldn't be God. If you could just comprehend it in your finite brain, well, he, he wouldn't be big enough. And I think that's what was happening here. So all the excuses that people who don't believe in God that they use, it's all the same stuff. Oh, the ark's not big enough or, well, how come there's evil in the world? Well, that's a pretty easy one to answer if you really follow the rest of it. Let me take off on that because I want to get your take on this. So there are two game changers that happen when we get to Genesis 3. I mean, the first two chapters, we're laying it out. Things are great. You know, there's no sin in the world. Everything's perfect. So we get to Genesis 3, and there's two things that we realize that happen. One is there's, there's a couple of trees in the center of this place where these people are living. And one is called the tree of life, and which we, fi- yeah, which we find out later means that they're eating from that. They would have lived here. They would have been no death. But what what's, uh, I think is fascinating about that, and we may disagree on this. So okay. you can, be, you can have, be wrong. That's yeah. all right. Why did they have the tree of life? You know, because I thought, I mean, if a stick, what happens if a, a branch breaks up? Because you got trees. See, I know you got branches. One falls off, lands on his head. So they had to eat the tree of life for a reason. They were they weren't created like etern- like right. an eternal being. I, I, agree. I think that's a key point. I agree, hundred percent. That why why are you eating the tree of life? And then you know, so you still you, had to get sustenance to live. There was the point. yeah, you were created. And you're, that you're coming not from God, right? That's right. And you notice when he banished them from the garden, there's a key little phrase there, and he said, "You will no longer be able to stretch out your hand." And take and eat of the tree of life and live forever. Which started the degradation process. First it was 100 years, then it was 120, then yeah. it was 70. Which the term God is the author, the author of life would simply mean they might have used the trees just as a, but he's the author of life. Well, and I so think it, that's why he, he, the plan became that Jesus would one day technically be hung on a tree Galatians 2 and Mm -hmm. become the author of life again and we read about the tree of life in Revelation so let me get to the two game changers so what happens is there's another tree there called the tree of knowledge of good and evil makes perfect sense to me me too so it's there he tells them you can eat from any tree in the garden including the tree of life one command one command don't eat from that tree. Surely they won't break it if it's just one. It's just one. And it was in the form of that tree. So that was one game changer is that now we have a command. So there's a choice that's made. And look, But that shows you that God created us with a choice. Exactly. Which is why this whole thing happened. And so they're walking past it every day. So that's one game changer as that happened. But then the most important game changer is in Genesis 3 is all of a sudden, and you talked about it, the serpent. Um, who didn't look like he would today, but because we find out later what happens to him. 
But he's there. So Satan, the devil, the evil one, all the names we come up for, he is inhabiting this serpent in Which whatever is form basically it basically gives you the picture that he's a spiritual being that not he's possessed like the right. human he, right he's from that world that we know nothing about which is fine, but we just know he's evil. And what's in, but what's amazing to me, Jay, is we don't the Genesis account. All of a sudden, he's just here, impacting mm-hmm. people because he starts talking to Eve, and starts saying, "Did God really say?" Well, right. You he know? created the setting first. I think that's an important point because that kind of like what he did when he tempted Jesus. It was more about the setting. Yep. Well, here. You know, if you're created by God and you're put in a garden, here, you know, look at it from Eve's perspective. It, whoever this God is, is obviously powerful, eternal, all-knowing. But in this one instance, she didn't think he was, she was, he, the God was listening to the conversation. Well, she wouldn't, I mean, you wouldn't be so, so careless. You think about it, God knows all. He, he knows how many hairs on our head. But whenever we mess up as humans, in those moments, we feel like God's a million miles away. He's obviously not who we said he was, this all-consuming fire. Oh, you would never do that. You would never be having a conversation about something he said don't do. Right. So I think it's an important point because I think people tend to blame the evil one too much. They're like, well, you know, the devil made me do it. You know, you got James is pretty clear you know, God doesn't tempt anyone. Each one is tempted when by his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed the, the evil and, and it's powers, the devil, the demons, spiritual forces, however you want to do it. I think they set up situations like they did with Job. You know, they just attacked him. They said, right. but you still have that ability to choose what you're going to do about it. Well, think about it. The, the The question is pretty innocuous. Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? I it's think just, the just sub, a question. But I the sub point in that is he wa- he wanted her to question God. Doubt. He starts in with doubt. So here's what here's her response. We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. Well, it was a great answer. It was a great answer. So everything's perfect, right? And then here's where the lie comes in. This is where lying begins. Dad, you talked about this before, the, the father of lies. Give him that verse. Uh, Genesis 3, 4. He says, you will not surely die, he says to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God Knowing good and evil, there's Which a lot of was true. A lot of truth the in that best, statement. The best lie is the one with, with the, the most, most truth. truth in it. That's right. That's the most. Crazy. And is it a lie when you really believe it? You know, because people convince themselves. the The key phrase to me in there was when he said, "You will be like God," and that therein lies the entire problem of humanity from this point to as we sit here today in 2019. It's people trying to be God. And I think the underlying theme was the evil one was representing that you will never reach your potential if you do it God's way. Right. That was the underlying theme. And I think that's what people today think. They think I'll never reach. I'm limited if I do it God's way. Cause there are certain things that in their mind, they think they must do. So that as limits the, them. As the guy told me the atheist of the day, he said at some point in the conversation, he said, uh, 
no one is going to tell me who I can have sex with. That was his, that was one of his statements. And he looked at me and he said, and you say, I said, I say, God demands a life of restraint. I said, but it goes back to right here yes, right. in the garden. Well, you want to do it God's He's, way. What he was saying is, I'm going to step into God's shoes. I'll and be say, my own God. I'll be my own God. Nobody's yeah. going to tell me how I'm going to roll. See what I'm saying? And her reaction is not. That was un- Eve's problem. It's not unreasonable. When the woman, when Eve saw that the fruit was good for food. In other words, it wasn't like it was, I mean, it, it was appealing, pleasing to the eye but also desirable for gaining wisdom. She's thinking, how bad can it be? I mean, I'll know more. She took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her. So by the way, he's just right there. You know, he ended up saying, you know, blame the woman. She's one. Yeah, he tried to blame her yeah. because he didn't leave. <laughs> you know, he could have just stepped in and said, well, no, 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 no. Whoa, whoa, well, I whoa. I think that's a fundamental principle. He should have stepped up that's and right. taken a leadership role and said, no, we're not doing this. I mean, I think sometimes in your silence is just as bad. That's right. And and not doing anything. it's uncomfortable. You know, all of a sudden you're having some weird conversation with some being you don't know and your wife is, you know. What was that saying? The saying, uh, uh, all that it takes for evil to reign is for good men to do nothing. Yeah. Someone said that like as a quote, but really that's true. I mean, yeah, that's I what you see Martin here. Luther I don't know. Somebody said it. I tend to look at it and say, that woman brought us a lot of trouble. <laughs> it, See, it, it, that's brought, still blaming. <laughs> well, there's your problem. That's 1930. Yeah. But, yeah. No, the man to me was just as I bad. don't know. The Apostle Paul said, look, the reason, you know, you know that you're to be submissive to your, to your husband is that you're the one that sinned first, not, not Adam. You sinned first, then Adam. I think his point was we're made differently. We have different roles. But trust me. Uh, he dropped the ball here. He, <laughs> he, he didn't I'm, look. I, right. I've used this example, you know, speaking to when you go in. I'm saying he dropped the ball, but she was the one that threw the ball over to him. <laughs> I, I, let me give you. A, let me give you a heads up. Men tend to just hit and run. They take the benefits of a relationship. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then they're out of there. They yeah. don't want the responsibility or to hold you know people accountable, and that's a problem in our society. Well, you know, I know it. this, the ramifications of what we are reading, it had far-reaching consequences. Big all time. the way to us, all these years later, you say it's still there. Sin and physical death, it's a problem. And, and, and we can't solve it. We can't solve it. And, and I, I'm never one, Adam and Eve both, to, to say, look, they were terrible. If they had just not done this, you know, what would have happened? If, if you would have put any of us in their scenario, we probably would have made a bad choice because we make bad choices every day. So well, of course it, they're have. just they're yeah. just showed human nature when it and look, they had one thing, just one. We think about all the things we try to do and not do. We talk about any way you want to slice it out. Even the atheists and agnostics have to say for all of you out there who may be atheists or agnostics, you have to say sin is a problem. Right. And physical death is a problem, and we fear both of them. That's right. And there were the, two the, the, trees. The fear of death, physical death, you say, oh, it's there, all right. And it is a problem for all of us. So to dismiss it and say, so anyway you want to slice it, you get back to the to the cosmic struggle the, through the history. You look back and you say, you know, they didn't say what they want to, but sin is a problem. 
and and physical death is surely one, and both of them have caused a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety, sin, and physical death. Sure. It's really and a, a guy four thousand years ago made up a story about two trees in a garden that Go represent off. those two things. That's right. The, the sin amazing. and death that we still struggle with. Everybody yeah, that I mean, we still it's, struggle. It's incredible, with. and that then forty other all. Authors would write various other letters in times of history that actually identify the same issue and then offer redemption through the whole thing. Yeah, to look at this and say, well, you you, you, you guys, the, you Bible thumpers, you're not dealing with reality. Oh, I beg to differ. Well, this is reality right in front of you. You say, oh, look at the sins of the world, the murder, the rape, robbery. I'm but right on mistreatment. the heels of the creation itself which he offers and anybody that gets into the creation details that we were talking about i mean if you're fair and honest it leads you to a creator it's too complex it just does the, it has the does. details is too complex and we're still living with the results so so next time um great discussion next time we're going to um, look at some of the immediate consequences that we see here in the text in genesis 3 and then we're going to look at some of the bigger consequences that happen for not only sort of what I call the first family, you know, their children and others, but then it's going to lead up to worldwide destruction oh, in yeah. a very short period of time. And we'll talk about the ramifications of what that means in today's world as well. So uh, appreciate you, as always, checking us out, uh, Unashamed. Uh, you can find it on iTunes or YouTube, Spotify, Facebook. Of course, blazetv.com is kind of our host site. Uh, you can get Dad's show in the woods with Phil, blazetv.com slash Phil. If you're interested in that, a lot of great stuff there. Don't forget about Dad's book, The Theft of America's Soul. If you hadn't had a chance to pick that up and read it, it is a great book, which really shows a lot of what we've been talking about at the Genesis, but we're seeing it all these thousands of years later in our culture. Trust me, the evil one, he started out whispering in Eve's ear, but he's doing a lot of damage, and he has the human history. So the book deals with that. Uh, and we'll uh, we see you guys next time on Unashamed.